So it may not be the dream slate of college football action, but the fact that it's just back gives us some level of consolation. See, we're here now. High school football kicks off this evening, 6.30 p.m. East Coast Wings and Grill Tailgate Show. 7 o'clock kickoff for Jefferson Forest High School Football. They host Gretna on 100.9 FM Lynchburg, the VTRN app, the Virginia's Talk Station app, and of course, ask your smart speaker, stream Virginia's Talk Station or stream WIQO, and you'll get connected to listen to our broadcast this evening. Then tomorrow, it's a, we'll call it an appetizer of football, maybe that's a good way to describe it, but there still is some level of action, there's some bigger name teams that'll be performing, including a team, well, two big brands, but one in particular is a top 25 team. In front of our next guest, see, he is based in London and is getting ready to fly out Saturday morning to Dublin, Ireland, because they're playing football in his backyard, Navy and Notre Dame and Oliver Hodgkinson, friend of ours from College Football Network, back with us once again here in the fast lane. Ali, it's not the grandest slate of games, but some meaningful football is better than no meaningful football at all, correct? Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head right there. It's been a long, dark, miserable eight months without football. So we're we're just thankful to get any football. And and, and we've talked about this week zero slate, like being a, a an appetizer and maybe not having the the games that the marquee games that we'll have in you know the rest of the 13, 14 weeks that follow, but. You know, you mentioned there, Navy Notre Dame, long story, historical rivalry. So we can hide that up. There's all conference, you know, all conference USA, two of those clashes, all conference USA clashes. There's, you know, everyone's bet for the college football playoff and the Heisman Trophy and USC featuring this week. So there may not be the the marquee matchups on on mass, but it's a lot of exciting players. And it's college football, man, and it doesn't get much better than that at the end of August. Ali, my bigger picture question to this, and you talk with different college football coaches, athletic directors. You've got the scouting background from your work, your your teammates at Pro Football Network as well. Why don't more college football programs try to play week zero games? Because it's a smaller chance. There's a smaller slate, so you think they have a better chance to get in the spotlight. And oh, by the way, from a competitive standpoint, they get an extra bye week into the season, which I would think would be a strategic advantage for a team like a Notre Dame or a Southern Cal, the two big brands playing this weekend that have college football playoff aspirations. Yeah, it's interesting. I think um, for, for teams that play in week zero, the one big downside is that you have that one week less of preparation. It takes you out of your normal comfort zone and your normal um, routine of when you would open, um, even as far back as spring camp. I know I I was talking to to, to Navy head coach Brian Newbury and they talked about starting a week um, earlier. So there is that sort of disruption of your traditional um, college football schedule and how you would like to um, structure your off-season. And obviously... You know, college football coaches, college football programs. Anytime you can keep consistency, every time you can keep a rhythm, when you can be in structure, and you know, not forgetting the fact that these are programs that are colleges as well. So you've got to factor in school as well. You've got to factor in school programs and school structure and timetables. So that you're 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 changing the whole dynamic of um, of your your timetable and your structure by an entire week. So um, I think that's that's the the big reason why there isn't a clamor 
um, for, for teams to play week zero. Um, I think we had more week zero games last year than we have this year, but in previous years we've only had one or two. Um, so I think, and that is the 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 main reason I think where why teams don't like to play uh, in week zero because as you as you mentioned there, it's you're thrusting yourself into a big stage. Everyone is going to be watching these games this weekend. So you know, for a Navy Notre Dame, not too many people with no disrespect to Navy are probably going to watch Navy in week five or watch Navy in the dark days of, you know, early October. But they are all eyes. This, this is the only game of college football that is going to be on at um, 2.30 Eastern tomorrow. All eyes are going to be on this game. And you, you'd think more programs would like to attract that attention. I've held that theory for quite a while. And, uh, you know, I get the the argument of yours of shorter weeks of prep, but you know, theoretically, you'd believe that Notre Dame against Navy, as you mentioned, and Southern Cal against San Jose State, the two big brands, uh, they're both 20-plus point favorites, depending on where you look. So they're expected to win this game comfortably. And those may not be the type of matchups that get people excited in week one or week two of the season when there are other competitive games that are on. But in week zero, I mean, let's be honest, Ollie, and I know you're a college football fan of the sport. We are as well, that you're going to get a chance to see, like you made mention of it earlier, less heralded teams right now than you would when going up against a very heavy competitive slate of games. Yeah, I mean, you, you look across the, the seven games that are scheduled this um, this week zero. Um, New Mexico State versus UMass is the one that kind of st- sticks out to you. That that isn't a game that, you know, with all due respect to those two programs, that isn't a game that many people are putting a, a, a cross next to in the TV guide if we were 10, 20 years ago. But now everyone's, you know, everyone's going to be watching that game. You know, if you, most people nowadays, they've got two screens, they'll have that game on and the San Diego State and Ohio game, which is the same game that kicks off at, at um, 7 p.m. Eastern, midnight in the UK. Um, so more people are going to have eyes on that game. And I, I mean, that, 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 as daft as it sounds, I'm just maybe getting carried away now. That's got potential to be an exciting game as well. No, but you bring up an interesting point because when, when I'm looking at week zero action, marquee brands are one of the things that jump out just to see if any of those are playing. But the other is, this is, again, football nerd coming out for the fast lane. And that is teams that may have a local connection. And in the local connection, of course, you mentioned UMass and New Mexico State. They are both on the slate for the Liberty Flames this year. Also, UTEP and Jacksonville State, part of that CBS Sports Network TV doubleheader. Uh, two Conference USA teams facing there. And the second game is FIU against Louisiana Tech. So all five, all six of those teams we mentioned are teams that Liberty fans would play out of that bunch, Liberty fans are <laughs> familiar with New Mexico State because of how last season ended. They are about a touchdown favorite against UMass. Do you have a good feel on whether New Mexico State is being overhyped because of the way the Liberty game went last year without people considering that Liberty and the coaching, the Liberty coaching staff with Hugh Freeze and the players had all realized that that partnership was coming to an end and it clearly played out with a lack of focus and motivation? Yeah, I think when you look at New Mexico State, um, obviously, like you mentioned, there are some some mitigating factors to that specific game. But they had a great season last year, and they seem to be on an upward trajectory. There's a lot of talent on that roster. You look, it starts with quarterback Diego Pavia, who is a a true uh, dual threat in a, in a lot of respects. And maybe they're they're not a team that uh, a particularly fancied pick. They're maybe not a, a big brand, but they feel like they're a team that are moving in the right direction. 
Um, I'd certainly favour them over UMass. Um, although, you know, Don Brown's team, there's, there's some positives to to take away from when you look at their roster, but I think New Mexico State, certainly on paper, is a much a more attractive proposition. Um, and, yeah, they're not going to be challenging up the top end of, of Conference USA with some of the teams that you mentioned there, Louisiana Tech, UTEP, and obviously Liberty and, and, and some of the other programs in that conference that I'm sure we'll talk about a little later on. Um, but they're, they're, they're going to be competitive, I think. And certainly in this Week Zero clash with UMass, I think that they are and should be a comfortable favourite. Ollie is Oliver Hodgkinson of College Football Network, and OJ Hodgkinson on Twitter is with us in the fast lane. It's Week Zero. It's not the largest slate of college football, but it's something. Uh, but there's some interesting nuggets to this. We often give our uh, picks and our votes of confidence, and we did that earlier, and listeners can check it out, Fast Lane, Ed Lane, wherever they listen to podcasts to uh, make fun of us as they take receipts on how bad those things end up going. Uh, but one of the things that, that we mentioned earlier, and, and I'll ask you whether this makes sense or not, if fans are the wagering type or just wondering why a point spread shifted rapidly in the lead-up to kickoff of these early games, how reasonable is it to wonder that in some cases you get off-the-field situations that pop up later in the summer that the programs know about, it starts to come to light, and in week zero in this case or week one next week, you'll start to see those type of suspensions come to the forefront and therefore some rosters may be depleted adding a greater question mark. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things at play, especially when you mentioned there about changing and shifting in betting lines. We've got a lot of different things going off in college football right now. The Iowan uh, betting scandal, there's more and more names coming to light there. That's obviously impacting rosters. You look at Iowa State, for example, they're going to be without their starting quarterback and starting running back. That is going to dramatically um, shift the, the line for their opening week. Obviously, injuries are a critical factor. We look at this... Um, this week zero slate, UTEP Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State opened as an actual favorite over UTEP, which surprised a lot of people. They're without their starting running back, Anwar Luis, who was an incredible force for them um, last season. UTEP now a one point favorite in that game. So injuries, you talk about suspensions, even starting quarterbacks. You know, yesterday, to keep it local, Grant Wells being named the Virginia Tech starter. We still don't know who is going to be the star for Liberty next week. Until we know that and that information starts leaking out, that could cause any number of changes to to, to the betting lines as we get close to to games. So it's it's super interesting dynamic, especially where, you, like as you say, where the betting lines are concerned, those spread lines, um, little nuggets like starting quarterbacks, injuries, and those suspensions that we that we referred to there really do impact lines as that information starts seeping into the public domain. Ollie. UTEP Jacksonville State is the first of that doubleheader on CBS Sports Network, the TV outlet starting at 5.30 tomorrow, featuring those Conference USA teams, future opponents of the Liberty Flames this upcoming season. UTEP's a team that I identified in our votes of confidence as being one that I think could be a pleasant surprise in terms of exceeding their 5.5 win total projection. But whether it's that or the Rich Rod-led Jacksonville State Gamecocks or maybe Florida International or Louisiana Tech, any combination of those, do you see one of those teams that could be one of those surprises and therefore bears watching for Liberty fans who are clamoring for college football this weekend and looking for an angle that's worth monitoring as an, as an indicator for what to expect in a few weeks? Yeah, I, I certainly think UTEP, as it pertains to Week Zero, UTEP are a great team to watch because they've got 
a really strong running game led by Dion Hankins, but a couple of former Juco backs in there as well. They've got, um, obviously, the return of wide receiver Tyron Smith, who had a dalliance with Texas A&M this offseason, but he's back. Marcus Bellin, a younger uh, younger wide receiver who's kind of emerging and set to emerge. UTEP has possibly got the best offensive line in Conference USA play as well. When you look at Stephen Hubbard, you look at Andrew Meyer, look at Elijah Clay and Justin Myers, that whole UTEP offensive line is, is really strong. And they've got some great pieces on defense as well. So I think UTEP is uh, is certainly a sneaky under the radar team. I really, really like um, Louisiana Tech. I, I'm not going to lie to you. They're for me. I think they're, they're they're being overlooked nationally. Currently, they're the four favorite to win the conference USA, which four five nine teams doesn't say a lot. But you look at quarterback Hank Meyer, uh, back Meyer. What he did in his first year with Boise State. This kid took an absolute beating over the past three seasons of football. But when in that first season he played for the Boise State, when they took on FSU, he looked like he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. And I think you're going to see a resurgence from Hank Backmeyer this season. They've got some great offensive weapons, guys like Smoke Iris, Cyrus Allen, um, running back Marquise Crosby, who will actually miss this week's zero game, but he should be back for the rest of the season. They've got some good pieces on the offensive line and defensively strong as well, especially in the secondary. Um, I think they've got two of the probably the top five cornerbacks in the whole of Conference USA. So I, I think Louisiana Tech is a is a real under the radar team. They're being overlooked nationally because of how difficult their 2022 season was. Uh, but Sonny Cumbie's a great coach. Lots of talent on that team. I think Middle Tennessee could be a team to watch as well this year. Um, people have bad-mouthed Conference USA because it's a, a nine-team league with two FCS converts in there. But I think it's going to be a really exciting, really um, challenging conference to A, predict, and, and B, to, to watch. It's going to be super exciting, I think. OJ Hodgkinson with us here. Oh, well, OJ Hodgkinson, the Twitter handle for Oliver Hodgkinson of College Football Network, who's with us here in the fast lane. Ali the Liberty Flames themselves. Quarterback announcement has not officially come out, though. Jamie Chadwell said the other day, the head coach of Liberty said, that they know who the starter is and the team is aware of that as well. Based upon your knowledge of Chadwell's offensive philosophy, how they executed it at Coastal Carolina, and having seen a good chunk of the personnel at Liberty University, particularly Jonathan Bennett and Caden Salter at Liberty, and even Trey Lowe transferring in, who would you deem to be the most logical fit for what that coaching staff wants out of the offense. Yeah, I think we we touched on this last time I was on the show. And um, as you mentioned then, Jamie Chadwell, they they know who's starting. We probably won't find out until, you know, half an hour before kickoff. I think Caden Salter for me, I think he is. Jonathan Bennett obviously brings that experience and he's shown he can win games for the Flames. Some of the performances that he turned in last year on the biggest stage were, were phenomenal, but he's, he's inconsistent. I think Caden Salter gives Liberty that more athletic option to run Jamie Chadwell's offense. You've seen what Grayson McCall's done for the past three years under Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. I think Caden Salter can be Jamie Chadwell's Grayson McCall for, for Liberty. Um, so I, for me, I think he's he is the guy that makes the most sense. I think he's the best fit. That doesn't necessarily mean he's the guy that takes those fist snaps next week. Good point on that because we've mentioned the other side to this about the dependability of Jonathan Bennett. And, you know, you can poke flaws in this line of thinking, but given 
New coaching staff for Liberty. Obviously, the tragedy with the passing of offensive lineman Taj Boyd and the fact the coaching staff has mentioned that it's been kind of disjointed for a lot of camp. Uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. And you, again, you study the film differently than I do. Uh, but I would think that's where the case could be made for Jonathan Bennett that at least early in the year he provides stability. And if it's a clear, obvious disaster where a change needs to be made, Salter's a guy that, as you noted a moment ago, has all the athletic tools to mesh with what Chabal wants. Yeah, this is this is the thing, you know. A lot of um, a lot of quarterback decisions are, are based upon consistency, um, and particularly for uh, a program like Liberty bringing in a, a new head coach, that you you do want some element of experience. But as a new head coach, you kind of want to put your unique stamp on it. And Jonathan Bennett is a holdover from the old um, regime under Hugh Freeze. Um, so will Jamie Chadwell want to come in and, and put a whole new stamp on with a guy like Kayden Salter who can, you know, athletically and from a talent perspective run that offense? Um, it, Jamie Chadwell hasn't got a, a short lead, let's be honest, at Liberty as well. So he's he's got some flexibility with that decision. So it's not like he can – it's not like he has to worry about putting – Caden Salter in and after three or four games maybe you know he's, he's taking some time to heat up and warm up um, he's not immediately going to move a hot seat Jamie Chadwell so he's got a little bit of time to to play with as well um, on there but if you if you want to kind of mitigate a lot of um, changing circumstances then having a guy with that experience obviously Jonathan Bennett's a senior senior quarterback he's got that in-game experience you know you can lead on him but he hasn't always been consistent on the field. And I think that would be, you know, that's where you start weighing up the pros and cons of making a decision like that. Good perspective. Oliver Hodgkinson sharing that and more with us here in the fast lane. Ollie, it's here, college football. It's in a small dose in week zero. Week one is next week, and uh, appreciate your time looking ahead to the start of the season. And we would love to connect with you more regularly throughout the season, if that's okay with you. Yes, sir. I'm all for it. Any opportunity to talk about college football, especially with some of the interesting teams that you've got in your area, sign me up. Indeed. Oliver Hodgkinson with us here in the Fast Lane. That does it for us today as it's been a very busy day because of high school football. A reminder, 6.30 East Coast Wings and Grill Tailgate Show, 7 o'clock kickoff for Jefferson Forest Cavalier Football presented by TrostLaw.com. Gretna at JF on 100.9 Lynchburg. The VTR in Southside. V- or on VTR in Southside, the Virginia's talk station app, and ask your smart speaker stream WIQO Radio. In the meantime, the show, back Monday afternoon, 5 to 6, on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. And don't forget to connect with us throughout the weekend. Trelaw VT, Twitter and Instagram, Fastlane Edlane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's enough from us. We'll see you this evening and Monday afternoon at 5.